0: Trent, would you open us in prayer? Father, we, uh, we just thank you for this opportunity to gather together and focus on your Word and how it applies to our uh, daily lives and how we work. We ask you to, uh, bless our conversation and uh, bless Josh's. Amen. Thank you. Um, I had several people kind of ask about some of the resources that I used to prepare. Um, and so I brought some to just kind of point out to you if you want to read more about it. The main resource that I'm using is Every Good Endeavor by Tim Keller, which is an excellent uh, resource. Um, there's a couple others that are good. The Fabric of This World by Lee Harvey is, is helpful. Um, uh, there was a question about I think I think it was Emmanuel uh, had asked about um, you know seeing the examples of people you know at work in Scripture. And this, uh, book, um, Work Matters by R. Paul Stevens kind of goes through different individuals in scripture and how, um, and kind of analyzing what scripture says about work in those particular people's lives. And then we'll kind of get into more of the practical stuff, I think, towards the end of, uh, these lessons. But, um, these are a couple books I've found helpful. One is Crazy Busy by Kevin DeYoung. Short book, but it's just kind of about the busyness that's one of the you know thorns and thistles that go along with work. Um, and then this one is called What's Best Next, and it's um, the subtitle is How the Gospel Transforms the Way You Get Things Done. So it's kind of a, a productivity book, really, from a uh, gospel perspective. So those are just a few uh, resources that. Um, Afterwards, feel free to come up and take a look at them if you want some more information about any of them. So um, just to pick up on where we uh, were last week, we talked about uh, what God's plan is for work. Um, we saw that, you know, he designed work um, to be good. Uh, we see that through uh, the what we see in Genesis um, 1 through 3, you see, you know, a God that is Uh, creating that is doing work. He's modeling work for us. Um, And then he calls work good. He gives man um, a job to do. Um, This is before sin, so we know that uh, this is something that is is good for for man to do. Um, And that it has uh, a dignity about it. It's not something low. um, It's something that is part of God's created order. And then we also talked a little bit about how through work we cultivate God's creation, that uh, there's kind of an unpacking of God's creation that takes place through our work. Um, And so those are some various aspects about God's plan for work. Today we're going to spend a little bit more time talking about that and specifically as to um, how God has designed work as service um, to those around us. Um, we'll be relying less on the creation narrative and more on other parts of scripture um, to talk about that. But again, the theme is here is kind of what did God make work to be? So as we are, you know, trying to have a perspective on our work, whether it be, as as we've said before, whether it be traditional, you know, go into the office sort of work or work the land sort of work, or is it you know, taking care of uh, your mother or taking care of your children or um, just the various ways, whether you're a student or um, there's lots of things that we do, um, various vocations that we have where we are working. And, um, you know, it's my goal is for these lessons to be applicable to all of of us in whatever um, calling that God has on us right now in terms of our work. So um so before we get into that, I just want to kind of go back to you know why is it worthwhile to do a Sunday school on this type of a topic? Um and I think that one of the reasons is like like everything else, everybody has a uh a theology, if you will, of work, kind of a doctrine of work, whether they know it or not. Um you know Everyone's time is valuable. You know, people are here because um, they made the decision that they wanted to, you know, come to Sunday school this morning and hear what we were talking about. Um, And so I want, you know, I want people to have a sense of value (laughs) in what we're talking about, that they are edified by it and encouraged by it. And functionally, we all are going to have a way that we approach the things that God has for us to do and work. Um, Like I've said before, we're all going to be, you know, if we're talking about traditional workplace, we're doing that more than um, anything else in our lives. Uh, For a lot of us, it may be even more than what we're sleeping. You know, we're doing our jobs. Um, And um, so functionally, we're going to have... A way that we do that, a way that um, that interacts with our ideas about what who God is and what He has for us, um, and ultimately, our goal as believers is that how we function and how we think about something like work is consistent with the way that God says it is, that it accurately reflects God's created order. And the effect that the gospel ought to have on our lives when we're interacting with, with work. And I think that, uh, one of the challenges for us, um, particularly as, you know, 21st century Americans is that, um, it's very easy to compartmentalize our life. Um, so it's easy to, uh, kind of exclude the effects of, the gospel, our knowledge of God, from like sec, quote, quote unquote secular things, um, and we see that you know even just in the explosion of knowledge that we that humankind has experienced over the last four hundred years, it's so much easier, I think, to um, to not see how the how our different areas of life interact with each other. Um, it's it's not as easy for us to you know, affirm what Luther said you know, that um, you know, God feeds people through the milkmaid. We don't see that in the tangible ways that um, you know, maybe people did in the past. Um, and so along with this growing kind of knowledge, it's become more difficult for us to understand um, how different bodies of knowledge Uh, relate to each other, um, as there's increased specialization. Um, We just tend to kind of compartmentalize the the part of the world that we're familiar with and and not necessarily see how those interact. And, um, you know, we might have work and education and recreation and church, uh, sexual ethics, politics. We have all of these in different compartments. um, that we can kind of neatly package and that don't bleed over into each other. But um, that's not how we see God, uh, God's picture of the world in Scripture. Um, when we compartmentalize things, we're often living as though some things relate to God and his commands and others don't. Um, So, and and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because work is a classic area where that can take place, where, you know, I do my work stuff and then, you know, I have my church stuff or my family stuff and they don't, we don't see how God's um, hand is on uh, and direction is on how we work as well. Um, We read in 1 Peter 2.16, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. And Ephesians 6, which is talking about work, uh, verse 5, Bondservants, servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will, as to the Lord and not to man knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. So it's very clear that our lives belong to God, and it is not proper for us to kind of set apart something like work and say that that's something separate, that God doesn't have anything to say about. Um, Abraham Kuyper famously proclaimed, Oh, no single piece of our mental world is to be hermetically sealed off from the rest. And there is not a square inch in the whole domain of human existence over which Christ, who is the sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. So part of that human existence that we're talking about is, um, is work uh, and, and how we live our life um, surrounding the different vocations that we have. And I think it's not just important to talk about how uh, the workplace is the domain of Christ. It's important for us to think about whether we're living consistent with that truth. Um, For instance, we've talked about how the creation account and God's design for work, um, how work has dignity and how we cultivate God's creation through our work. But it's one thing to know that's all the case, to have the head knowledge that, you know, okay, I know that God designed work. Um, it's a different question to challenge ourselves to look at whether we we're actually acting like that's true, whether we functionally believe that to be true. Um, and so that kind of gets to my point, that everybody has a, a doctrine of work, if you will, on how they live and work that out in their lives. And our goal here is not just to understand God's purpose for work, but I want us to think about how our lives um, can be consistent with that understanding. Um, We want to be able to apply God's design uh, for work in the way that we work. Um, We want to have beliefs and actions consistent with how the world really is. So if we acknowledge uh, with our mind or our lips that that the work is God's domain, um, and we desire to live as though our work is in God's domain, then that should motivate us to understand and live according to what we see taught in Scripture about work. So, so that's just um, hitting again why we're, why I'm doing this lesson um, and why I think it's important for us to think about these issues. Um, because, we're, like I said, we are all at work doing something. Um, and so it should we should be encouraged um, by what we see um, in Scripture about this. So with that being said, I want to spend some time talking about uh, God's design for work as service uh, to to those around us. So last week we focused on the design and structure of work and their overall purpose that man is commanded to work, Um, but (laughs) another significant purpose for work is service, and and when we say service, I'm talking about um, how we work for the good of others, essentially. So viewing work as service to our neighbor is a, is significant in how we love our neighbors. Um, so we're going to look at how or why we love our neighbor, who our neighbor is in the context of work, and how we do that. <clears throat> So why? We need to view our work as service to our neighbor because we're told in scriptures, in, in the scripture to love our neighbor and esteem them as more significant than ourselves. Um, Philippians 2, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And this is really a common motif throughout all of scripture, um, similar to what we read about being slaves to Christ. Uh, In a nutshell, our lives are not our own, and um, this should affect the way that we work and how we serve others around us, should motivate us to serve those around us. Uh, In Matthew 22, um, Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So applying that to our work, um, we ought to consider how to be a blessing to those around us as loving our neighbors. Can someone look up 1 Corinthians uh, 7 17? So, and one of the things that we'll see in scripture is that we're assigned or called to specific stations in life. Um, There are specific things that we uh, are called to do. And, And 1 Corinthians addresses this idea of assignment and calling. So, let's read. Um, 17 through verse 23, chapter 7. I only let each person identify mean, that the Lord is assigned him and to which God is called him. This is my rule in all the churches. Is anyone at the time of this call already circumcised? I him not seek to remove the hearts of circumcision. Is anyone at the time of this call uncircumcised? Let him not seek circumcision. Neither circumcision is found today nor uncircumcised. Each one should remain in the condition at which he was called. You are a slave to be called, do not be concerned about it, but you can gain your freedom, tell yourself to a security. For he who was called a little slaves, freedom is lord. The free man Likewise, he was free and called as a slave of Christ. You were bought with a price, and not within the slaves of men. So, brothers, in whatever condition each was called, they let him remain with God. So there should be a couple um Couple words that kind of stick out to us in this, if we're thinking about it in terms of um, our lessons on work here, and that is um, the use of the terms calling or called and assignment. Um, And, uh, you know, going back to verse uh, 17, let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him into which God has called him. Um, And Paul uses these terms elsewhere in his his epistles as well. Um, In Romans 12.3, we see, For by the grace of God given to me, I say that everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. In 2 Corinthians uh, 10, But we will not boast beyond limits, but will boast only with regard to the area area of influence God has assigned to us to reach even you. Um, but the significant thing about this passage that I just read in uh, 1 Corinthians is that um, it's provided in the context of uh, common social and economic tasks. Right? They're talking about being a bondservant and the, the place that you've been called to and assigned to in life. Um, And this is in the greater context of serving one another and thinking of others over ourselves. Um, So as we think about being assigned to specific stations in life that God's called us to, uh, we are to be a blessing in those stations to those around us. Um, Talking about work in the context of this particular chapter, Tim Keller writes, The implication is clear, just as God equips Christians for building up the body of Christ, so he also equips all people with talents and gifts for various kinds of work for the purpose of building up the human community. So this is significant because the world's way of looking at life um, is not serving one another. It's about getting ahead, doing what's best for yourself. Um, and the scriptural account is completely opposite of that. Um, Anthony uh, Thistleton writes: This Pauline concept of call and service varies greatly from the that of secular modernity, which gives a privileged place to autonomy. Um, so that's you know being autonomous, not needing anyone else. Um, privileged place to autonomy from that of secular postmodernity, which gives privilege to self-fulfillment and power interests. This gives the section of Paul's writing fresh relevance to the present. It's different than both of those. It's talking about how we serve one another through our work. And um, that's true of us because we have been set apart through Christ and we have a new set of of motivations through our redemption in Jesus. And that's going to significantly affect the way that we view work. And we'll get into, um, you know, next week we'll be going through kind of the reality of um, how work is difficult, made difficult because of the fall, and then we'll move from that into how the gospel redeems our work um, and changes it. Um, but even even here, we, we have to see or, or we can look at how um, our work in service to others is something, uh, that's something that's foreign, uh, really, to much of the uh, of the world, um, and one thing that ties into this is that we know that our standing in the world is tied solely to Christ. Like we're we're found in Christ, so our um, identity um, is in Christ alone. But the world doesn't have um, have that. They have, and oftentimes it is work that they're using as a surrogate um, for that identity, where they're finding their their self-esteem and self-worth. So it could be uh, success at school or work achievements or how much money they make or uh, how successful their children have been. Um, All the things that are traditionally kind of associated with the fruit of our labor, um, it is common for people to find their self-worth in those things. Um, And we're told that that's not where we find our worth. We find our worth in Christ. Um, The gospel frees us from the relentless pressure of having to prove ourselves uh, and secure our identity through work for we are already proven insecure. secure. Luther wrote, Even their seemingly secular works are a worship of God and an obedience well-pleasing to God. Why should I not, therefore, freely, joyfully, with all my heart and with an eager will, give myself as Christ to my neighbor, just as Christ offered himself to me, since through faith I have an abundance of all good things in Christ? So we have in Christ all the things that other people work for. Salvation, self-worth, a good conscience, peace. Um, Work is not going to provide that for people. But that's where the world is looking for it oftentimes. Um, So looking at how our work serves others is really uh, countercultural, a revolutionary way of looking at work um, and gives us a... um, Really exalted purpose in our everyday activities that we're doing. Um, our purpose is to honor God by loving our neighbors and serving them through, through the the callings and assignments that God has given us. And um, I don't want to ignore the uh, creation hermeneutic that we talked about last week. Kind of the the uh, categories of creation, um, fall, redemption, and consummation. Um, so I think that when we look at even the creation account, we can see this idea of work as service present there as well. Um, even if it's not explicit, um, there's a uh, uh, lot of the same things that we're talking about in terms of it not being just for ourselves, but being a service to others is present there as well. Um, it's clear from the, from the creation account that God made us to be communal creatures to commune with him, to commune with one another. Um, he did not create us to be autonomous creatures that just happen to live around each other. Um, and so, I mean, and explicitly God said it is not good for man to be alone. There's a sense of self-giving, of service, and cooperation that we can see in creation um, even in in terms of when God creates uh, the woman and he said and he um, refers to her as a helper there's a there's a idea of cooperation and community in work um, that's present there as well um, so we should look to our work as service because we are to love our neighbor and esteem them as more significant than ourselves we have been assigned to work by the Lord and um, and should be working as unto the Lord. And in creation, there is a communal aspect um, to our need for each other and service to each other. So that's some of the kind of why we work um, as service. And then who is our neighbor? If we're talking about service to our neighbor, who's our neighbor when we're talking about um, uh, in the context of work? Um, Got a handful of scriptures to look up. Could someone get... 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 through 12. Give me a hand when if you're going to look it up and I'll move on. Okay, 1 Timothy 5, um, 8. 2 Thessalonians 3, 6. Uh, let's see. Yeah, 6 through 12. Go with those for now. Um, while you guys are looking those up, I'll... Uh, So um, who is our neighbor? Um, I've kind of identified four different groups of people that are neighbors for the purposes of work. Um, Our families, those in need around us, the church, um, and those we work with and for. Um, As we discuss these groups, you'll see, I mean, the Bible's not shy about talking about money, wages for work. Um, and that is um, one of the ways that we serve others is, is through the use of those wages. Um, but um, so when we think about that, we can think about the work itself as well as the wages of work. So um, one of the common sense aspect of work is, um, is I guess, to provide for our families and then those in need around us. Um, and so let's look at what Scripture says about couple of those. So 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 through 12. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more, and to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you, so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on the world. Okay. Then 1 Timothy 5, 8. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith. Worse than Then 2 Thessalonians 3 6 through 12. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any who was walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with toil and labor we worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we did not have that right, but to give you and ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy with work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and earn their own. So in these three passages or verses, sets of verses, we see um, very explicitly the command to use the work, to work, first of all, but also to use the fruit of that work to care for our families. Um, that is one of the you know, most direct uh, instructions that we have um, about work, um, particularly in these, in these verses. Um, it, and it's clear that it glorifies God um, to work as a means to provide you, for your family and to be a blessing to others. Um, so we can take satisfaction um, in in work, in, in a job that provides for your family and allows you to be involved in the church and in the lives of others. Um, and it may not be the most personally fulfilling job, or may not be the most financially lucrative job, but, um, you know, we can take encouragement from these verses that it is a good thing to to lead a quiet life and to um, to fulfill what we're commanded to do here in terms of um, providing for our families. <clears throat> so that's one way that our work is service. Um, another is um, serving our neighbors, those around us. Um, Again, uh, the Bible is pretty honest about work being tied to uh, wages, um, which are used to provide for ourselves and others. Uh, And we're called to be generous to those in need. Um, That's not just something that is a call upon the church. It's not just the deacon's job to um, care for those in need. That's the call on every Christian. Um, so here's here's some other verses. Can I get someone to look up Luke three ten through eleven? Uh, Titus three fourteen and Ephesians four twenty eight. All right. All right, go ahead and read Luke uh, three ten through eleven. In Titus 3:14 And let people learn to themselves to works so as to help in and not be In Ephesians 4:28 So in all of these you see a, a direct tie to work and being able to care for others, uh, serve others around them. Um, and so this should impress upon us that our, our, work is not just for ourselves. It's not just for our family. It's also to, uh, give us the ability to care and provide for others. Um, and, uh, that's not to say that, um, you know, that what the Bible's teaching about work is exactly the same as what it is about, um, caring for those in need, but there's a clear connection between the two. Um, You can't divorce those. Similarly in James 2, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things they needed for the body, what good is that? So... um, So As we're thinking about so what is God's design for work, uh, one of the things that we ought to think about, even if we're in a point of frustration with our job or not happy with the work that we've been assigned to at the time, that it has a purpose given by God um, to not just in the things that we talked about last week, but in service to others, caring for our family, and giving us the ability to to take care of those around us. Um, The other aspect of caring for our neighbor is um, serving one another through the church, um, providing for the church. Uh, The church is dependent on the uh, tithes and offerings of its congregants. And um, the work that the church does um, is... Uh, requires people to work. It requires people to earn money to provide so that we can have hear the preaching of the word, and um, you know we can uh, serve those around us. So that's just one other aspect there. Um, and then the the other is not necessarily those in need, but those around us. So how do we serve um, the people that we work for or with? Um, you know, one of the Uh, books that talks a a good bit about work is uh, Jeremiah. So, you know, Jeremiah is talking about um, being a blessing to the people around uh, the Israelites. In in chapter 29, verse 4 through 7, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters a marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for its welfare. Um, for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. And this passage tux, uh, touches upon the impact of work as service on kind of um, all human life, calling us to bless those around us in very tangible ways, be a blessing to um, the city. I mean, if you think about the context of this, these are, you know, the, he, this message is to those in exile. So they're captives in a foreign land and they're being told to be a blessing to that place where you're in captivity. Um, and it's talking about not just being a blessing um, in the short term, but invest and contribute to those around you. Um, Lester DeCoster um sums up the indispensability of of work in human life like this. Work is the form in which we make ourselves useful to others, in which others make themselves useful to us. We plant with our work, God gives increase. Look at the chair you are sitting in. Could you have made it for yourself? How would you say, get the wood, go and fell a tree? but only after first making the tools for that and putting together some kind of vehicle to haul the wood and constructing a mill to do the lumber and the roads to drive from place to place. In short, a lifetime or two to make one chair. If we work not 40, but 140 hours per week, we couldn't make ourselves scratch even a fraction of all the goods and services than our own. Work yields far more in return upon our efforts than our particular jobs put in. Um, So we think about um, serving those around us, we can think about the service that our work uh, provides to society in general, and then more specifically, loving our neighbors, uh, families, those in need, um, and the church. So how do we serve through our work? We use our skills and gifts that God has given us to serve those around us. Um, we are called to be um, competent in our work. Um, we're called to do a good job. Uh, when we see our work as service or an act of love towards our neighbor, it necessarily means that we should be doing our work well. Um, Knowing that we work as unto the Lord, uh, or that essentially God is the boss over all our vocations, one of the practical implications is that we should be acting like our work is a service or act of love and not just calling it that. Um, Dorothy Sayers writes, The church's approach to an intelligent carpenter is usually confined to exhorting him not to be drunk and disorderly in his leisure hours and to come to church on Sundays. What the church should be telling him is this, that the very first demand that his religion makes upon him is that he make good tables. And the, the point there is that um, competent work, doing our work well, is a form of love to those around us. Uh, our work is connected to what we believe about a loving God and um, about loving our neighbors. And fundamentally, a Christian uh, should be motivated by this. And it it gives a spiritual meaning to everything that we're doing, um, even in our work. Uh, William Deal writes, If lay people cannot find any spiritual meaning in their work, they're condemned to live a certain dual life, not connected to what they do on Sunday morning with what they do the rest of the week. They need to discover that the very actions of daily life are spiritual and enable people to touch God in the world, not away from it. So in this sense, we need to understand that the competency or doing well at our work um, has a much greater purpose than wealth or position. It's a way to serve and love our neighbor as we serve and love God. Um, You know, I think about my interactions with people that I work with, Um, and I can see that how when I'm doing a good job, it is a blessing to the people around me that are not having to pick up slack for me um, in other areas. And um, we, as a Christian, we ought to be motivated more than just, you know, pride about your work or more than just, um, you know, whatever, you know, the financial compensation, whatever, we ought to be motivated about being a blessing to those around us in a way that, you know, it is um, we're making their lives easier through doing our work well. So. Um, then lastly, uh, you know, obviously we want to, and we'll spend a lot more time talking about how the gospel specifically affects our work, but we, wouldn't, we want to, um, just keep in mind a couple things. We cannot do, uh, rightly do our work apart from the power of the gospel in our lives. So it's not enough to just look at, okay, work has dignity, You know, work we serve by you know, loving each other, um, work is good, um, but it's only out of a heart transformed by the gospel that we're able to take that and then love others effectively through our work. Um, it's only through Christ that our efforts to honor the Lord and our obedience through loving our neighbor are acceptable and pleasing to God. And then, you know, the, finally, the gospel gives us something much greater than just competence to bless those around us, and that's the message of the gospel itself. Um, we are messengers of God's call to repentance um, and redemption, and God may often use our work as an opportunity to share that message. Um, and we'll get into—I I do want to get into some of the practical uh, issues that were, you know, raised last week. So, you know, what do we do in a workplace where, you know, we can't uh, share the gospel, or, um, you know, the the challenges of of work schedules and some of just the practical things that we have to deal with. Um, but um, I'm going to save those for uh, another lesson. Uh, but I want us to, today just to think about um, the way that God, God's plan for work and how we um, can love others through our work. Um, so, in summary, we talked about two primary topics. Why we need to talk about work and then viewing work as service. Um, We should be aiming to think about work and act about work in a way that is consistent with what the Bible teaches. Functionally and in belief, we should be living as though our work is part of Christ's domain, because it is. Um, In terms of work as service, we discussed why we are to view work as service. It's rooted in the commands to love our neighbor and esteem others as more significant than ourselves. And uh, we discussed who we're called to serve, uh, our families, those around us in need, our church, society, um, those we work with uh, and for in a very immediate sense. And then how work as service should look, and that is that it should be done well, that we ought to be um, competent in our work and um, applying what we've talked about and truly loving others and being a blessing to them. So, um, any uh, comments or questions uh, thinking about what we just went over um, before we wrap up? Yeah, John. So what would you think if someone told you that the only, the only reason that you're assigned any particular work is to uh, share the gospel with, with, with whoever's around you? I, I don't think that that is a accurate view of how the Bible presents work. Um, because we see, um, you know, God commanding us to work and to work well and to, there's lots of, there's other purposes that we see in scripture than just evangelizing. So, you know, God very may well use evangelism in our work. Um, and hopefully he does. Hopefully provides those opportunities for all of us. Um, but, um, that's not the only purpose for work. So, anyone else? I've just right. been aware lately that kind of the guys of work, like, I'm trying to avoid this by telling people Monday morning, oh, it's Monday, and then come oh, I can't wait to find. to eat. Ha, 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 ha. yeah yeah I think that um I think as Christians it's important for us to you know, when we're interacting with the world to always be coming back to okay what does God say about this topic in his word, and it's very easy to um, not do that to just kind of go along with uh you know whatever the kind of ebb and flow of the discussion may be um, but um You know, we have a unique perspective because we have, God has revealed himself to us in his word, and um, he's revealed not just things about him, but about us. So we have an understanding of the world um, that is unique uh, that other people don't have, and we should not lose sight of the fact that we have that resource that... um, in Scripture that explains lots of these things. Something as common as work that we do every day. Um, everybody in here works in some way, um, and um, so even in those very uh, just normal everyday activities, God has something specific to say about that. So, all right, let's uh, let's wrap up and, and pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to um, talk about this topic and something that you have something to uh, say to us about uh, living lives that are glorifying to you and that we work as unto you, Lord. And I pray that you would um, help us to be encouraged by that when we are struggling with the the challenges of work, the thorns and thistles um, that have been brought about by the brokenness in this world, that we would be encouraged knowing that you have a purpose in this and is designed for this that we can... Um, take great comfort in, that we're serving you um, through our efforts. And uh, we thank you for that, and we pray that you prepare our hearts now as we go to worship and hear your word in Jesus' name. Amen.